Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. Fumbled the bag, I still ain't got that disappointment to shake. So now I'm trying to double up on every dollar I make. Money don't buy you happiness, it sure don't take it away. I'm smiling hard as hell, that time I step in the bank. You can't be making reckless moves, cause there's so much at stake When you got some shit to lose, your decisions gon' change Cause every action got a consequence, consider your ways Hardest thing to do in life is elevate through your pain I can relate to feeling like your life is stuck in the face Giving effort, but results just keep remaining the same Have some patience with yourself, shit ain't as bad as you claim I seen the homeless nigga smile while he was standing in rain It's all about perspective Chillin', catching blessings, and cryptocurrency been bustin', and I'm well invested. She know that if she rock with me, then she gon' stay protected. Cause even when this shit get hectic, I ain't never stressin'. I'm legend. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas layin' brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gon' break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste, I'm putting food on place. Yeah. 
Welcome, everybody, to another special episode of the Black Wolf Renaissance Podcast, a crossover episode, actually, y'all. Here with my brother, my co-host, Jalen. How you doing, bro? What up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Jalen, man. Another quarter of the Black Wolf Renaissance Podcast. Man, I'm feeling good, feeling great. Like he said, as you can see, this is a crossover episode. The energy has been amazing since they walked in, so I'm excited about this one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And like my brother was just saying, we got a great episode planned for the day. The two young brothers sitting to my left are absolutely killing the game out here. They have this brand they out here called the Money Monopolizer. They're educating people, giving them real strategies on building wealth. Uh, another than Mr. Alex Camuno and yeah. Marlon Walls. How y'all doing? Oh, man, we're doing good. I appreciate you, you know, getting the name. Yeah, right. I had to be my brother. I, I asked you three, four times before. Like, I'm not about to butcher this one. Yeah, bro. No, nah, no. Nah, we appreciate heard, you, bro. I've heard all, all types of names. My dad still be calling him Kumanyo. Kumanyo, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. So, hey, man. But no, nah, we, we happy to be here, man. This is dope, man. This is something we've been looking forward to, especially. You know, y'all been doing something amazing for the past you know, two, three years, so. We appreciate y'all, you know, bringing us out here and uh, getting the opportunity to come onto y'all's platform and really do a crossover podcast because I think that's going to be super dope. Even the banter back and forth has been amazing so far. So Thanks. I'm excited for the conversation we're going to have today. Yeah, but I really got to say shout out to Andre Hatchet, man, because this is the power of connections right here, man, because I think about everybody that we bring onto the podcast. They always have somebody else that they know in their circle that we can get connected with. So this is the power of connections. We got in touch with Andre. Like, I saw him at, like, one of the little events that he was in Houston. He said, man, you need to tap in with Black Wolf Renaissance, bro. Like, I got my boy Jalen number. I'm going to hook you up with him. Yeah. And that's how the connections uh, form, man. This is how you start building just a community and just that everybody's able to impact more people. Like, so our audience sees your audience. Your audience d- does the same for us, and we just continue to grow from there. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yes, sir. And shout out to Brother Dre, yeah, man. Andre man. Shout out to, to Brother Dre, If y'all don't man. know the mobile notary bag, man. Y'all go look in the show notes, man. That's all I got to say. Look <laughs> in the show notes. Mobile yeah. notary bag, man. But Alex yes, and sir. Marlon, man, I got to say thank y'all for coming out, driving up from San Antonio and In Houston, Houston respectively, yeah. to come out here and kick it with the guys. So I really want to kind of start it off a little bit different since this is a, a crossover, crossover episode. Okay. All right, all right. We just have everybody like just introduce themselves and, for sure, you for know, sure. what we do and how we got to the current point. So I guess I'll just start it off. Once again, I'm Jalen. I'm one quarter of the Black Wealth Renaissance movement, and we've been in this game for going on three years now. Our whole purpose is really just to drive and give the tools and resources needed to build financial wealth. And we're trying to do it through practical ways, not just all of this, you know, you grow up and you go fast, the fast way. No, we're trying to give you actual practical ways to build wealth. We know it's going to take time. Rome wasn't built in a day, so we're going to have to build this wealth the same way. Okay, okay. I like that. You got a little bar at the end of that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. David Bellard, one-fourth of the Black Wolf Renaissance, as you already know. Digital marketer, podcast host. What else can I say? Just an all-around hustler, I guess. Rent-a-car I got the host. rental car business. But social media is my real thing. Social media is what really got me to what I'm doing right now. We started Black Wolf Renaissance two years ago, just off passion. Uh, friends thinking about how they can help themselves and help other people at the same time. We were looking to connect with entrepreneurial people, but we didn't have an environment that was allowing us to do that. We didn't see many people who were on what we were on. So we went to the internet. And from there, using content marketing, digital marketing strategies, we were able to grow a following over half a million people in just under two years. And a podcast that has been ranked in the Apple's top 100 for, shit, I don't even know how long now. But yeah, yeah we've been doing it for a minute. But uh, that's kind of introduction to me. Man, I just want to say a shout out to y'all too real quick because as content creators, we know how hard it is to actually grow a following. For y'all to do 
half a million people in two years and to grow up top 100 podcast, man, that's not easy. And just, you know, we was talking earlier in terms of like how much y'all actually put into it. And that it's a lot. 3,900 posts on IG alone was something crazy. So salute to y'all for that, man. We hey, definitely appreciate you, my brother. You know, uh, looking looking up to y'all in that. But yeah, my name is Alex Camuno. So uh, me and Marlon, we started uh, Money Monopolizers a couple of years ago, but um, we actually knew each other since we was like 12 years old. And, uh, you know, we kind of grew up together and then went off to college. I went to San Antonio and studied engineering, civil engineering, graduated in three and a half years. And then in January 2018, I started working as an engineer a couple of years into that. It was like not even a couple, a couple of weeks into that. Right. It was like, dang, this is really trash, bro. Like, <laughs> I really don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And so that was really like, you know, a turning point for me in mm-hmm. terms of like, Looking at it, because I was 21 years old and I looked around and I'm like, yo, I'm looking to my right and I'm seeing like someone that's like 60 years old here. And because it's like we had like pretty we worked a lot. So it's like we work in 60, 70 hours a week and I'm at the office at like seven, eight o'clock. I'm looking around and I'm seeing someone here that's like 60 years old. I'm looking to my left. I'm seeing someone that's like 40 years old. It's like it's one thing for me to be here right now at 21 years old. But for like someone that's 60 years old or someone that's 40 years old to be in office at seven o'clock, it was like just crazy. because It's like, yo. You got like a family and kids to go home to. I'm not, I ain't got nothing I'm going home to. That's when I kind of like, you know, said, okay, financial freedom, that's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of, I found out about real estate investing and uh, ended up, you know, we studied that for a little bit, bought my first property in summer of 2018, started flipping some houses. So we flipped, you know, about 10 houses since then and acquired about three rental properties. And then that's when we started a podcast, 2019. And then from that, we got introduced to so many other methods of building wealth that it was like, we thought it was only real estate. That you could build wealth with. And it was like, dang, people making money with trucking, vending machine, you know, rental cars, cleaning business, all this stuff. And I was like. Virtual assistants. Virtual assistants. Yeah. <laughs> Podcasts, everything. And it was just like, okay. So, you know, I kind of just went to my mindset of like, I just need to educate myself on, you know, anything I feel like I'm interested in. I'm going to just like take a course, figure mm-hmm. it out. So anyways, I go through it quickly, but I took a bunch of courses last year and like try to just really figure out what my lane will be. And I took, uh, you know, one of the cleaning business courses and, you know, that one, you know, really hit for me. And I started that business last August and then scaled that to $100,000 in nine months. And uh, now I'm expanding. You got to give them the claps for that one, man. That's all. Yeah, man. So now I'm expanding that into Austin. It's based in San Antonio. I just have my first jobs in Austin this week. So now it's expanding. And the goal is to keep growing it, man, all over the country. So that's really where I'm at. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. I also just want to say shout out to y'all, man, because it's one thing to be in the top 100, but it's another thing to stay in the top 100. Like being consistent with that, continue to put out content, continue to set at a high level. That's not easy, man. So just big props to y'all for that. My name is Marlon Walls. I'm also a uh, podcast co-host, Money Monopolizers. We also have... Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. 
So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Uh, our real estate investors and a rental car fleet owner. So that's really who I am. But as far as like how we started, Alex told a lot of it. We both met in junior high, seventh grade. Seventh grade yeah. yeah. And, that's uh, crazy. <laughs> that's some crazy shit. It right is so here. crazy. In seventh grade, man, we were both like real um, big on just being the best in whatever we were doing. So whether it was in the classroom, whether it was on a football field, whether it was just running laps, like with the athletics a team. Like, 2K. 2K. Oh, yeah, 2K. So <laughs> uh, whatever it was, we just wanted to be at the top. So that naturally led on to what we were doing today. But as far as like leading up to that, though, I was also a 4.0 student cumulative in college in engineering physics. So I was also a student athlete on a football team, 4.0 student in the class. Yeah, you did the damn thing. <laughs> Give my brother the class for that one. Because look, I played football. I walked on the football team and I was an engineer. I changed my major and I quit the football team. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those things are hard to do. I'm just going to say, bro. they hard to do at no, the same time. It's hard to do them individually. Yeah. It's a fact. So everybody is looking at me on the campus, even the teachers, the professors, the alumni. I'm being put on alumni magazines, being put on poster boards, like beside the stadium. People are looking at me like, bro, that's the guy you need to be like. He knows everything. Listen to him for whatever he says. But it wasn't until I graduated. It was probably two weeks out from my full to get into the first full time job I've ever had. And we got this thing called a paycheck. <laughs> that paycheck, it just got direct deposit into my account. So I'm like, oh, man. So this is an engineering check. You're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be nice. I'm about to be living with working this nine to five. Get into my office and I'm always like very money conscious. So I want to see what my paycheck actually looked like. So I just want to like see the pay stub. Pull it up. And I see there's a top line that's called gross pay. I see that what I made was a lot less than that. Though. I'm like, yo, something happened right there. Like, what, what, what's going on here? So, so I'm, I'm looking around the pay stub and I see these things. It says like Fed, it said Med, OASD or some state. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are those? That's where my money went. And I call my dad. I'm like, man, what's going on here? My paycheck don't look right. Like I had a top line. I have a bottom line. Then the numbers aren't matching. Oh, man, you got taxed. So what this meant for me? Is that 4.0 student, everybody thought you knew everything. You get into real world for two weeks and you realize how dumb you really are. Damn. You don't know nothing. Just the most fundamental things that you don't even learn all throughout school. Like I said, it was my first full-time job and that's because I was always playing football. So mm-hmm. throughout junior high school, college, I was always in football. You know, we have camps, summer camps, winter camps and all that. That's a so job in itself. It's a job in itself. So I never had a real full-time job experience. And I learned that school doesn't teach you a lot of the things that you need to learn as far as to be financially literate in life. And so me and Alice were starting to talk a little bit more back in um, like when we first got out of college. Mm-hmm. We both graduated at the same time and started working at the same time. And he had mentioned this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> and once I heard <laughs> that insane. one, so I understand I ain't read a book since eighth grade, cover to cover. I read that book in two days. And I was like, this is I, my whole mind is altered. Everything that I was doing, the trajectory I was on in my life is now changed. And so from then on, we started discovering real estate. We started studying that. Probably listened to 200 episodes of podcasts within a couple months. And I was just in a full student mode with trying to obtain the right information, trying to obtain financial literacy, trying to become more well-rounded rather than just being an engineer, but being a better overall person, personal development, and just like trying to learn different ways of achieving financial freedom. So that's kind of our story, man. Then podcasts led to a lot of other opportunities such as this. Hey, that's what's up, man. Yeah, that's man, that's, that's fine, dope. Bro. And I'm saying it's insane because, like, the parallels in the stories yeah, is crazy. It's, it's super like, crazy, bro. Like, <laughs> for instance, seventh grade, yeah. uh, the origin being the same, like, getting out of college and then realizing, like, wow, <laughs> I learned all this information. And, and like, I don't know shit. I don't know shit about what's really going to affect me. So, man, that's some wild don't stuff. You, don't you think that's crazy, though? Because it's like, I feel like a lot of young people today 
are graduating, it's like you just not accepting stuff. It's just like you seeing how stuff are, and it's just like, wait, that just don't feel right. Like, why were people working for 40 years after getting out of college? So it's like you just... Like we made a conscious choice to just not accept it. Mm-hmm. Which like a lot of like older people in older generations is like that's just it's the way it. it is. It's just what you do. Yeah. But it's like we didn't said, no, nah, I mean it don't feel right. So what is the alternative, right? And so it's just crazy to think about. I mean the fact that y'all was, you know, thinking about that too, the parallels are super yeah. definitely yeah. evident. It is very crazy because he was a four student as well. Like you said <laughs> not in college, but yeah. throughout school, yeah, but yeah. like and just the way that Y'all had Rich Dad Poor Dad. He yeah. gave me the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. <laughs> so that's the same thing that changed the trajectory for us as well. And really, shout out to Jared, yeah. Jared and Henry. Henry gave the book to Jared, then Jared really pestered them yeah. into yeah. reading. And then I, I did the same thing Jared did to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, and it, that was like after college. Or yeah, was right like, after college. Right. Like I say, in the six months after we graduated, because mm. yeah. I graduated in biology, okay. and after graduating, I was like, okay, med school that's dead. Not going. Yeah. Don't want to do that. Because making that conscious decision, thinking about it, like, okay, I'm going to go to school four more years, I'm going to accrue all this debt, and then I'm going to have to work for somebody else. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Not really the way I wanted to go, so I was, went on the ambulance just trying to find some, you know, some ground in life, and that's whenever the book kind of came in, and it was like, mm-hmm. okay, all right, maybe we working with something here. Maybe there's another way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the time, I think we started trying wholesaling. Me and him, we tried to wholesale. We definitely did try yeah. We actually got a property under contract. And then we got scammed, messing around with connected investors. And then from there, we locked in on BWR, doubled down, and really focused on it. Man. Was that wholesaling in Louisiana? Oh, that was in Louisiana. Yeah, okay. Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> in Louisiana, yeah. We got a property on the contract. We're just driving around, driving for dollars. Stopped at a garage sale one day. Yeah. Seen an elderly woman there. She was like, yeah, I'm selling my house. And we got it under contract, but wasn't able to get off the deal. We wouldn't take advantage of all the opportunities we know we have today. And yeah. we ended up getting, like, Started scrambling, trying to find ways to buy the property. Yeah. Went on Connected Investors. And ended up linking up with this dude named Donald Thompson. I forgot the name of the damn company he was representing. But it was supposed to be a hard money loan. We were going to get like 50000 for the hard money loan. And we were just going to buy the property. It was like, you know what? We're going to buy the property. We're going to be able to uh, at least rent it out, make like 800 bucks, and just, you know, pay off the loan. And it was like, maybe we just refinance out of the hard money loan or whatever after we get a few months under our belt and stuff. But man. So at that time was like the Black Wolf Renaissance was the podcast. What was the podcast? Black Wolf Renaissance was not in existence. Oh, it wasn't. Y'all hadn't started. Yeah, we we didn't start Black Wolf Renaissance Mm. till maybe three or four months after we started wholesaling. Like, But I'm talking about this this particular deal. I think Black Wolf Renaissance was already off of the ground. You and Jared had already started the page, Mm -hmm. but the podcast was not a thing yet. Oh, y'all hadn't done a podcast? Nah. Yeah, so like the podcast came after the page. Him and Jared started the page October 31st, 2018, Mm -hmm. right? It started off just as an Instagram page. And like he said, me and him, we we were spending a lot of time together because we was wholesaling, driving for dollars and stuff. Then we'll go back to the the crib, (laughs) we'll cold call and stuff. And then him and Jared would have his little meeting at the crib. Like, they will talk about different content and things like that. So I was just like a fly on the wall around that time. But they were getting the page together and everything. And he would always be like, yeah, man, I got to get you on the team. I got to get you helping me out with this. But I was really just like, man, I'm trying to get this deal. Like, I need this wholesale deal. So that's when we found that deal. I think it was in, like, January of 2019 is when we got that deal locked up. And it was a mobile home deal, actually. It was a mobile home sitting on like 
either acre or half an acre of land. So what was special about it, though, so it was a mobile home, but they had houses all around the mobile home. So you got like $250,000 houses like all around it. In our mind, we're like, okay, even if you buy this mobile home, you still got land in a good area with these nice houses. So we're like, man, this has got to be a deal. Like somebody going to buy it. Nobody wanted to buy that down there. So like he said, it came to the end of the contract. And that's when we went on Connected Investors. And we got introduced into Donald Thompson. I forgot the name of his damn company, man. man. Some, something financial or whatever. <laughs> I don't remember that shit. So we ended up going through the process or whatever. He was like, yeah, okay, we got all the paperwork done. Now you just need to pay your down payment so we can fund the loan. I think it was like $1,200 or something like yeah. that. So me and him, we split it. You know, we did $600. And once again, we still fresh out of college. Like, we just started building up our savings or whatever. But we was like, you know what? This is an investment. We're willing to take this risk. So we ended up putting that money together. We sent him the first transfer via wire. Y'all don't do that shit. Via wire. We sent him the money via wire, right? So he's like, okay. We're like, okay, now you about to give us this bread. We're about to go close on this house. Not the case. <laughs> then he came back. He was like, okay, we got the deposit. Now we got to pay for uh, loan insurance. Loan insurance. So I told David, I was like, yo, bro, I don't know. I was like, I'm kind of not feeling this. Like, something don't feel right. He was like, okay, let me do some research right quick. He was like, I mean, loan insurance is a part of a loan. He's like, it's sound, right? We, we were hella green. And one of the biggest mistakes I want to say that we probably made was not trying to access people who have done this before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were trying to do all this shit by ourselves. Yeah. See, ourselves. that's crazy, though, because it's like real estate was the first thing we did, too. And it was always a thing where it's like, because the first thing we found was bigger pockets. So mm -hmm. I don't know how familiar y'all are with That's people. how we found out about a connected investors through uh, bigger pockets. <laughs> hey, well, yeah. I always said like it was like the Ivy League of real estate education at that time. Because it's like there was so many. That was like the first podcast I actually ever like listened mm -hmm. to that I knew was, you know, because podcasting is relatively new. Mm -hmm. I and mean, that was like the first time I was like, dang, there's actually people out here doing it. So that's what it was like actually gave us like the confidence to actually be able to do anything. So the fact that you mentioned like, you know, actually seeking out those people, I think bigger pockets played a big role in for us in just being able to like find those people and like be comfortable being able to like just go into real estate, you know, buying a property, you mm -hmm. know, 21 years old, right out of college. It was something that was like, I feel like once you had like the education and the knowledge and all that kind of stuff, it increases your confidence a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think a lot of people need to understand. Like whenever you're trying to get into some of the education is you can't skip out on that. Like you cannot skip out on that. <laughs> that is a fact. That yeah. is a fact. If you don't, you might get scammed. Just, yeah. just saying, just saying. That, Needless to say too though, we lost more than that $1,200. We lost like 36 <laughs> altogether. Uh, yeah. And yeah. motherfucker told us if we wanted our money back, we had to send him some money. So what type of shit is that? <laughs> <laughs> Just take it out of what you got. Nah, nah, y'all got to send this. Like, oh, you're a scammer. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I definitely want to get into y'all real estate journey, too, though. Like, seeing how it got started for y'all. Like you said, you were 21 coming right out of college. You yeah. said y'all went into buying whole first or y'all went to the fix and flips? Yeah, yeah. First, it was, I was just talking for me. I mean, first, I think the biggest thing was the mindset in terms of, like, the end goal. What was my end goal coming out of college, right? And that's why I was trying to tell people, too, you got to know what your end goal is whenever you're trying to attain financial freedom. Because that's what all we're about is financial freedom. How can you replace your job income and get out of your job as young as you can, right? And so for me, I said I just wanted to get to $10,000 a month in passive cash flow from real estate because that's all I knew you could build wealth through real estate, right? So I said, okay, $10,000 a month from real estate, you know, 
Generally speaking, at that time, after all expenses, a property can cash flow $200 per month per unit, right? So if you have a duplex, 400 If you have a triplex, 600 Generally, it's a lot different now. That was two, three years ago. So things have changed significantly. Now you'd be lucky to get 150 on a deal. Yeah. But anyways, so at that point, the goal was really just to house hack one property every year until I was 28. And like, that would give me financial freedom. That was all it was. And so that was pretty much what I was going to do is like buy one property. And that's, you know, what I did that summer, you know, FHA, three and a half percent down house hack house in San Antonio with a garage apartment, single family house, live in a garage, rent out the house and, you know, live for free. In fact, make money while you live in there. Right. So that was the first property. And then, you know, we started flipping properties as well in Houston and then also in San Antonio. So now that's kind of what we focus on, because what we realize is that. The end goal is like still the same. You still want to get $10,000 per month in passive cash flow, but you got to look at it as like, okay, if I can get $200 per month per unit, generally speaking, that means I need 50 units to cash flow $10,000 a month. So how can I get those 50 units? I could either buy 50 single family houses. I could buy 25 duplexes. I could go buy triplexes, duplexes, singles. Like there's a bunch of different things you could do. Or I could go buy a 50 unit apartment complex, right? That's something where it's like you can get it all under one roof, management, economies of scale, all those things. So for us, as I said, I think that became our goal is like, let's get an apartment complex, right? And so obviously from that, it's like, how do you get an apartment complex? You either got to put 20% down or, you know, that's the main way you can, you know, mm-hmm. finance apartment complex in terms of like, you either got to raise that 20% or, you know, have investors, whatever the case may be. So that's what it became. How can we get this million dollars? We could either save it from a job or we could flip houses. It's probably a lot more practical to flip houses. So that's now why we're just flipping houses and we're not really buying single family houses or duplexes and stuff. We're just flipping houses take that cash to go to the apartment complex. We don't flip. And that's what we try to tell people. Like flipping houses is a job. Nobody wants to flip houses. I mean, some people like it, but it's a lot of work. So taking the cash from that, you know, putting it away, you can get an apartment complex at some point. And that's kind of where we are in terms of real estate right now. And I don't know if you want to add them to that. Yeah, just to add on to it. First of all, I think it's a really good point that y'all was making when it comes to finding people that can help y'all and guide y'all with the right information. Because on top of just in the right information, you need to be in the right environment. Because I think about us with bigger pockets. We when I say I listen to 200 episodes of podcast, all I was listening to mm-hmm. was bigger pockets constantly. Because I remember I was writing down A R V after repair. Okay, cool. Burr <laughs> by <laughs> like I was writing everything. I was so new to everything that they were talking about on bigger pockets, and so that was the information piece. But the big thing that I liked about bigger pockets is that they had the community where you can reach out to different people in order to like use them as resources to mm-hmm. like get into different deals or to. Just use as connections for like lenders and whatever, because my story, I didn't even think about this before, but mine has started with me reaching out to somebody Well, just putting it into the forums. I'm looking for a real estate agent that is in uh, Lafayette, Indiana. And that's because that's where I was going to be going to Purdue for grad school, like uh, six months after I started that full time job in 2018. And I was trying to find who would be able to like represent me at finding it some type of multifamily property, because my goal, like Alex said, start end in mind was to house hack. Like the first, I think, five to eight years of my within my 20s, like I wanted to be at a house act like five to eight different properties in order to like build my way towards gaining 41 properties, mm-hmm. uh, 41 units where I can, they can all cash flow $200 because I did all the math. I was, I was trying to remember what the math was because I put it into my calculator. I took 100000 That was my big number. Six figures, I'm, I'm cool with life. I wanted to hit 100000 for a full year. That was going to be my cash flow. How many units does that take in order to get there? If every unit cash flows $200, yeah, I took all that math and I found that the number was 41 units cash flowing $200 per month over 12 months got me to 100000 
And so that was my original number. And I wanted to start by utilizing house hacking because that allows you to save the majority of your monthly income. Mm. And so all that goes back to me utilizing that agent, though, because that was the person or the resource that I need, the um, environment that I need to be in in order to have the right information, in order to make the best decision possible. Because he knew the, the lay of the land in Lafayette, Indiana, very well to where he could point me to the best property to get into, which is where I was able to I purchase a four bedroom single family home. Lived in one bedroom, ran out the other ones. Mortgage was like eight fifty. The rent that I was collecting from those other three bedrooms was fourteen forty, and so that was covering the whole mortgage. That was covering the utilities, and that was cash flow in my pocket on a grad school salary. And so that was very game changing for me when it came to saving money because most people are taking their grad research assistant income and putting it towards their apartment uh, mm-hmm. rent. And I'm able to save all that and continue to start building towards other investment opportunities that we were getting into. So like Alex had came to me, said that we got a real estate investment property that we want to get into in uh, San Antonio. And we need some funds to be put up to like get into the deal. I have funds because I was able to save up that money through the house hacking. Yeah. Had I not been house hacking, I might have not had anything. He had to go to somebody else. And we may not have had that partnership going on in San Antonio. And to so, this day. Exactly. Because so, I would have kept going. <laughs> right. So <laughs> he's going to find somebody. And at the time, I'm in grad school, so I'm not even trying to like do a lot of like physical labor or like, work. But I will put up money because I don't have the time right now to do it. I have the information and I have the money to like help out so I can do that. He's like, man, I'm full time. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm not doing no school. I don't got to worry about writing the thesis. I ain't got to worry about doing the homework. I'm trying to get so, out the job. Exactly. So we were at different levels at that moment in time. But all that came... I don't know, we continue to progress because after that podcast got started, man, that was really the game changer because now we start revealing new information. We're mm-hmm. starting to see people that are making $100,000 in a month versus $100,000 in a year. We're starting to see mm-hmm. people that are building businesses that are bringing in, like just building different businesses that are able to elevate a lot faster with a lot less work than trying to get 41 units. Probably at 41 units, I was thinking duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes. Maybe start scaling up to like 10 unit apartments, but I wasn't thinking along the scales of the hundreds to 200 unit apartments. I wasn't necessarily thinking along the scale of building a business that a fun real estate, but that all came from the podcast yeah. and who we've met along the way. That's powerful. Man. That is, that is powerful. I want to stress one thing in that because, like, it's cool that both of y'all house hack, but y'all did it the way that people don't normally think about a house hack, right? Y'all did it the way where. You bought a single family home, yeah. and you said you lived in the garage. I'm still, still in there. I'm still in there. He took the dog dump approach. <laughs> living in the garage, and you live in one of the bedrooms and rented it out. So can y'all talk about like how those arrangements work? Yeah, a lot of people think that it won't work, right? People think uh, like people oh, call you crazy. You gonna let them strangers live in your house? Are you gonna do? Will. See, and I'm glad you brought this up because one thing that young people straight out of college got to understand is the concept of comfortability versus profitability. Right. In, in terms of like whenever you are graduating, most people, the biggest mistake they make is go buy their dream house. They try to go buy the biggest house they can <laughs> straight out of school. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, you know, if the bank approve you for four hundred ninety nine thousand, you're going to go try to buy a house that's four ninety eight. Right. So just, just people's mentality. It's like, you know, that's just what max it do. out. Right. Because, right. like, oh, I can. Why not? Right. And so. But what you got to understand is that that first house you buy is going to have a significant impact on your financial future, especially if you want to get a financial freedom. That's going to delay your financial freedom significantly if you're that's in a, big facts. a house that's like, you know, just too expensive. So when it comes to comfortability versus profitability, it's a spectrum. Right. And so on one side, you can be comfortable and on the other side, you can be profitable. But the more comfortable you are, the less profitable typically it will be. Right. It's like when I graduated 
you know, fresh out of school, 20 years old, got an engineer salary. I'm going to get the best spot I can. And I've had one of the best spots in the city. It was like paying like $1,300, $1,200, $1,300 a month living in a high rise, you know, apartment in the city. That's San Antonio. So a lot of people hear that. It's like, dang, $1,200 for a high rise. I mean, that's how cheap it was over there. But I was not profitable at all. Like I was saving a lot of money and stuff because I didn't have no debt and stuff like that. But still, like those six months I spent studying, then I get into the house hack. Now, this property, it wasn't ideal. Obviously, I, who wants to live in a garage? You don't yeah. want to live in a garage. But my situation, I'm 21 years old, single, no kids, no wife, no commitments, nothing. So it's like, what excuse do I have not to live in there? So it's like, on that spectrum, I might not be as comfortable, but I'm super profitable. And what I did to make myself more comfortable was I just put like $10,000 into the repair. This thing is super nice. I mean, I decked it out just to make it comfortable for me. You know, <laughs> granite counters, stainless steel appliances, everything in a garage. So it's like oh, people shit. hear garage apartment oh. and they think, dang, that boy's struggling. Let's send him something. Like, nah, I'm living good in there. So when something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. That's the whole concept. Before a lot of people, it might not be something like that. Mm-hmm. You might have to, you know, do something like what he did. It's like live in a single family house, rent out the bedrooms, and you stay in one room and you have to share the common areas. It's not as comfortable, but that is very profitable because a house is always going to be more profitable renting out by the bedrooms than just renting out the entire mm-hmm. house. So understand that concept. The younger you are, the more you got to lean to profitability. As you get older and you have family and kids, then obviously you can sacrifice some profitability for comfortability because it's just not about you. But I would be remiss if like I get to an age where I'm 35 and it's like, damn, I was really living in that $1,200 apartment for 10 years and I could have been making money where I'm living for those 10 years. So it's like, understand that concept and I promise that'll change your life. Like that one thing alone would change. You might not even have to do nothing else again. You might never even have to. Just not having to pay rent for like ten years. Imagine what that could do. Yeah, for a you. lot. It's one of the biggest expenses most people have. Right. So, and I got to jump in on this, man, because you got to understand the reason behind why we're doing this. And I think that without the, without understanding the why, you don't really understand like mm-hmm. the sacrifices that are being made. Understand that delayed gratification that we're going through right now is because we envision ourselves of where we can be by sacrificing to a little bit of comfort today. So when we're house hacking, we're trying to save up our money. That money allows us to go build businesses. It allows us to go invest in real estate. That is another stream of income. That stream of income is going to allow us to be able to have pretty much what a lot of people call FU money to your job income. Yeah. If I don't feel like working today, I don't have to go in. If I don't need to have PTO. I don't need to ask somebody else for time off in order to take a day off, in order to take a week or a month off. If I want to just travel the world, I can do that. If I want to sit at my house and do nothing, I can do that. This is the freedom that we're after. Like the money that we're saving right now is meant to go to something that we can build. So you have to understand the why behind why we're doing this. So like I said earlier, the money that I was saving from not paying rent allowed me to be able to get into that partnership and still invest despite being on a grad student income. That's the purpose of doing all this in the first place is that we're looking for another stream of income somehow, some way. A lot of people have a problem with saying that I don't have enough money to get it started. Well, you need to start sacrificing early on. Like maybe you don't need to be going out so much. You don't need to buy the new pair of Jordans as soon as it come out. You need to buy a new PS5 as soon as it drops. You need to be saving that money in order to pay for a down payment on a house where you can house hack. And then that's house hacking segue into you being able to have investment and business opportunities. 
if you don't have anything else around you, you can start with, with doing something like that. But it's just understanding the ultimate goal and then backtracking from there and figuring out how can you make it happen versus saying that I can't make it happen. I love them approaches. And I love the way that y'all just went about it. It was very analytical. You know, you was like, <laughs> I need 50 houses. I need 41 houses. Like yeah. y'all really reverse engineered exactly. yep. the life that you wanted to see. And I love the way that y'all done that because it's really, really, really smart. But also the why behind it, understanding the why. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up. You know, they just want the big life. Yeah. I just want to travel around the world or I just want to make 10 bands a month. But they don't have a thorough understanding of why you want some of these things, why you want to do some of these things. And I think just y'all understanding and explaining that why it makes it that much more easy to grasp the concept of actually sacrificing. Yeah. Because a lot of people hear the word sacrifice and they think, man, I just got to give up everything. Like, man, I got to live like this. Even like you said, you know, with the apartment, garage apartment, man, I got to live like, you're like, no, nah, man, I'm living good. Like I got granted college. I was <laughs> like, I'm still good. But at the same time, I'm not paying $1,200 for this nice view apartment. I got people who actually paying me to live here. Yeah, right. And I kind of want to go into what was that like actually finding those roommates for y'all as well? Like, how'd y'all do that? Like, did y'all just go on like campus, found people who was already comfortable and living like those type of environments? Or did you just put something out like maybe on a Craigslist or anything like that? Like, and then how did y'all actually vet those people to say, you know what? I'm comfortable with letting this person in my personal space. For me, I had a garage apartment and I rented out the house itself because it's separated. I rented the house as just one. So I rented it I to a family. You. So it was pretty easy getting that rented out. Facebook Marketplace, Zillow, Redfin, Truly, all those kind of sites, Craigslist. You can put it on there. And it's, you know, the biggest thing it doesn't matter where you put it. It's about screening. Like yeah. tenant screening is going to be the biggest thing. And I haven't ha ever had any issues with tenants on any of the properties I have just because of really like vigorous screening because... That's, you don't want to buy yourself another job and a tenant is going to be, you know, another job dealing with the wrong tenant. So screening is super important. And, you know, obviously we have, you know, just the standard requirements. And then you have obviously some things that you prefer, like requirements that are you had to have. It's like your income needs to be three times rent because like, that's obvious. Right. No previous evictions. That's probably the number one thing, honestly. So it's like checking references for landlords that has saved me <laughs> many times just in order to avoid a bad apple. I'd rather keep a property vacant than put a fool in there that, you know, I can't get out. Mm. So screening is so mm. important, that's, man. That's be hard. so quick just to throw somebody in there. Yeah, oh, man, that's big. <laughs> I've been like working with my dad because we have a rental property like within my family as well. Like as we, if, if it's a family company that we, that we do, Alex is also a part of it. And we have a rental property where it's currently experiencing a vacancy right now. And my dad, he got somebody that was interested in renting it out. And he was walking over there with the lease agreement. I'm like, man, hold on. You need to walk over with an application, not, not a lease agreement. Lease agreement is basically saying that you are already rented out to them. Mm -hmm. Application is saying they need to qualify before you rent it out to them. And there's a difference because most people are always just waiting for the first person to walk up to them that has a post and say, okay, as long as you got a post and you show me money, that means you're qualified. That does not mean you're qualified. I need to see some type of documentation that shows that you are credible. I can't go to a bank and they're going to just give me some money just because I have a post and I say I, I want money. That's not enough for them. They need to qualify you. You're the same thing as a landlord, unless you want to be a slumlord where somebody just takes on anybody. And so I also want to explain that there is no new information under the sun. Mm -hmm. Everything that, that we're saying, we've learned somewhere. I just really want to give a shameless plug to um, Bigger Pockets, um, the book on managing rental properties. 
The one with the blue cover? It was the, two covers. The blue, the blue was the one rental. is the rental, rental properties, learning how to invest in rental properties. Yeah. And then the yellow one is the managing rental properties. Yeah. I got you. That book pretty much taught us A to Z how to get into it, like how to manage the rental property, how to list it, where to list it, and what to be looking for within each individual tenant. Yeah. And so, like, there's nothing, like I said, there's no new information under the sun. So that's why I'm telling people you don't have to try to figure things out all on your own and just be like, oh, I'm going to just figure this out. I'm just like Mr. Macho or whatever. Like, Seek the information out. Somebody has information that you're looking for. There's actually a book called Who Not How. Mm, that's <laughs> that's, that is an amazing book. <laughs> Shout, out Shout out to, out to Andre, Andre Norman, Norman yeah. man. Yeah, man. That book is so it's basically explaining that you don't need to know how to do something because there's a who out there. There's somebody that knows what to do already. That somebody's already done this before. Instead of you trying to figure everything out on your own and just have that pride of it, say that you don't know it and be humble enough to say, go seek it out. And that's what we pretty much were doing back then. And that's what's led us to where we are today because we seek the information and then apply it afterwards. It's a fact. Mm, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw it to y'all. Yeah, I know we've been asking a lot of questions. Right, yeah, yeah, I'm going to throw it to y'all. Yeah, because one thing you were talking about earlier that I wanted to hit on was like, obviously you talked about setting or reverse engineering your life, right? And I feel like that even just based on the concept of what y'all are doing with the podcast and that kind of stuff. Is that like a similar thing that y'all did? Like, you know that you had to grow the podcast to a certain amount. You know that you need to get a certain amount of followers, blah, blah, blah. Is that how y'all set y'all's business up in terms of like- I, I ain't even gonna lie, bro. No, oh, not, just, not, not, not. Y'all just, bro. is it just vibes? What is well, it? it? It started with just vibes and <laughs> from there it's grown to a point where now it's like, this is a full-fledged business. Yeah. We had to grow up as businessmen in this thing, so. Yeah, like whenever we started out, it was just four friends hanging out. Just doing what we normally do. We just talking. We just having conversations and we want to share information. Yeah. We didn't really reverse engineer anything. It's just more so like once we found momentum, we were like, okay, this is what works. This is what doesn't mm. work. Let's keep doing what does work and let's just keep tweaking and building mm. upon that. So really, whenever it came to like the following and stuff like that, we didn't really set a goal initially. Like the only goal we had was to impact somebody, yeah. hopefully help somebody with this information. And through content strategy, like say, just testing out different things. We tested out like how quotes perform versus how yeah. this type of content, yeah. creating these different things and pushing it out there. But it wasn't really reverse engineered. In terms of the podcast, it was the more like, a, okay, we have this following now. Yeah. We build this following. We've talked about having a podcast for a while. Me, Jared, and Kelly, roommates in college. And this information was like, yeah, it's great to put it on social media, but you need to have an extended dialogue to have this conversation really had and like really absorbed information. So that's where the podcast came into play. We were like, okay, we wanted a podcast. This is our opportunity. We have an audience now. They're primed. They're ready for this information. So let's do this. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, y'all started a podcast at like, it was around the same time we did. Mm -hmm. And I feel like podcasts are so undervalued right like people don't realize how big podcasts are going to be in like five to ten yeah. years yeah like right it's now we're take youtube we're early we're so early super early like 10 20 years people not even gonna be listening to the they radio they don't even yeah. got three give, million give three million podcasts <laughs> yeah because i put a course together like yeah. last year 2020 was the first year a million podcasts were ever uploaded to the internet really wow for every one podcast episodes no actual Podcasts like Money okay, Monopolizer, gotcha, gotcha. Black oh, Wealth Renaissance, like okay. a million different podcasts. Yeah, that's not including episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So not even half of the people for, in America for, listen for, to them. Yeah, no, a million. That's it. Yeah, a million. This year is 
last time I checked, it was like 2.5 million podcasts. Right. It's, growing, it's, it's, it's growing. It's growing. It's growing, yeah, right? So we started. So, two years ago when we first came out, didn't you look at those numbers, I'm sure. Crazy, right? Even like now, right? Compare podcasting to YouTube. For every one podcast that you got, it's like 50-something YouTube channels. Lord have mercy. Wow. And you, you think about how many Bro. people you hear say, I'm about to become a YouTuber or I'm yeah. about to start mm-hmm. a YouTube channel, right? You don't have as many people, people saying, saying that about a podcast yet. Yeah. But the same amount of time is the advertisement dollars in podcasting, like the expected, like he even said, not even half. It, last time I checked, it's 24% of Americans tune into podcasting. Not even a quarter. Once a week. Man. Once. Once a week. Not even a quarter, like you said. <laughs> in the next five years, that number is expected to grow to 50%. And what's that going to replace? Other forms of entertainment, yeah, radio, exactly. TV, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> exactly. The dying forms of entertainment. And it's crazy because, like, bro, even the word podcast is like a new word. Yeah. Like people, people think that's like a word that's just like been around. Like that word came out, I think, in like 2003. Ohio. 2003, it comes from what? iPod broadcast. Exactly. That's a, like a new thing. And people don't realize, like, I think starting a podcast is like a cheat code to anything you want to do. It's a leveling up in life, really yeah. and truly. Because like what y'all said, with us, the guests that we've been able to interview, they've helped us grow right, yes. throughout business yeah. as well. Yeah. Because like our podcast, we focus on building wealth, but we talk to professionals. We talk to entrepreneurs. We talk to people who've actually been in the corporate world, in the top top ranks. So now we get to understand, you know, this is what it looks like to actually have a startup yeah. versus this is what it looks like to be in a corporation and be an executive in this level. Or this is what it looks like to think from the mind of a copywriter yeah. versus this is what like a real estate investor who has a thousand doors look like. And this is how they think. Yeah. So like we get to absorb all of that information. Yeah. But at the same time, it could be a gift and a curse. Right. Because I'm pretty sure y'all have done this before, too. We've interviewed people and be like, oh, man, that's an easy way to do it. Oh, man, that's an easy way to do it. Let's try this. Let's try that. And then you got to actually calm back down and you got to say, "Okay, what is my actual goals? What am I trying to focus on? And if I do go this route, how will that help me obtain these goals? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not going to lie to you. Like we bought a vending machine before, like. We we didn't done all, all types of shit, bro. Yeah. Like we didn't try so many things. It was something else that we uh the watch brand was gonna uh yeah, yeah, we, was, yeah, we yeah. spent like fifteen hundred dollars to get a watch brand going. Like we had got so caught up because it was like, oh, we see this person successful in this and everything yeah. like that. But it's like you gotta stay the course to your lane. Mm-hmm. You gotta stick in your lane. You can't let the shiny object syndrome yep. throw you off of what you actually doing. Yeah. And to kind of answer your question, like us with the podcast, like he said, that was a natural extension, but it, it actually helped us grow throughout business. And even with business, like I'll be fully transparent as well. Like when we first started BWR, I came on. I don't think we ended up starting the LLC until what, March to yeah, nah, April? We, we wouldn't even take him. Like I said, we didn't start this with the intention. Yeah, of making like making money. Make it we money like, like this was straight passion. Yeah. Straight passion. Like, yo, we just want to help people out. Like, we see people don't understand this information. Mm-hmm. We understand how to break it down in a very simple way. Like, we can regurgitate it. And then we ended up starting taking money. And that's when the light went off. Yeah. Like, it was one <laughs> morning. That's when y'all focused? Yeah, it was one morning where we. I think we ended up, the very first form of taking money was ads. People was hitting us up, was like, yo, y'all do ads on the page. Do y'all promote people or whatever? Then David ended up going ahead. He ended up looking at a few other pages. He was like, how are they accepting ads? Set up the job form and everything. I think one morning we woke up to like 
what, $200 in the account? It was like, oh, shit. We didn't have to do nothing for $200? <laughs> it was like, oh, this is, this is crazy. But it was just like that little spark of like, yo, this is like really what it is. And then it just started helping. At the time, me. niggas were getting paid like $800 every right. two weeks. <laughs> I got a hit on this, bro. This is like one of my favorite topics of conversation. As somebody in this space, especially when you are like an entrepreneurial-minded person, you have to understand the difference between opportunity and distractions. Mm. Mm. Those two, because mm. like, everything's going to seem like opportunity for you. Because think about y'all. Y'all are in the podcast lane. So something like an ad that you can run on a podcast or an ad that you can run on your platform, that is an opportunity. But that watch that you just saw, that vending machine you just saw, that's a whole different lane. That was and a so whole different what lane. What you got to understand is that when you are in your lane and you are introduced to an opportunity, any little thing that you get introduced to now is going to elevate you by exponentially. Yeah. But when you get introduced to something else that's what's really a distraction, you're going to start at level one. Zero. And now you're going to just be moving at like snail pace in order to get that one off the ground. Mm. Like I said again, when you get are introduced to a true opportunity, that's going to excel you like tenfold because now you already have a head of steam on that one. And it's only a matter of time before you hit the exponential growth. And people don't understand the difference between those two. And that's why you end up having one vending machine, one rental car, a rental property. Talk about and it, And then bro. you got you just start the mobile notary business, sign one contract, and you talk to about a wholesale it. deal. And you are just all over the place but don't have any true focus. Like you're just a jack of all trades and master of none. Mm-hmm. And once you understand the focus in and start learning what a true opportunity looks like, you're going to hit the exponential growth like y'all have now with the podcast. And shout out to Andre yeah, Hatchet for that, bro. Because he definitely was like one of the first people like, he was like, y'all got to slow down to speed up. He told us. He's like, yeah. and then another one of his quotes is Richards in the niches. Yes. He's like, you got to figure out what you really good at and go all in on that yeah. shit. And also just shout out to our auntie and our uncle, Uncle Pocky and Sandy. He gave the same analogy. He was like, yo, if you take this pin, you just hit in the same spot for like, you just constantly do it. He's like, you eventually break through it. But if you take this pin and you go all over, you go all over. He was like, you're never going to break the barrier. You're just going to be scattered brain. And I was like, yo, I'm sorry, man. You just got that pin in my phone. They're going to break my pin, bro. No, but that's real though, because like we're like in an age of like the information age where it's like information is popular, information is a hot thing. Taking a course is like the hot, exciting mm-hmm. thing. People get dopamine hits from taking courses. Facts. Now. Like taking a new course, most people don't even like I have a course, it's like eight hours of content. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you ninety nine percent of people probably haven't even taken it. It's just they like they ain't even open, they just bought it. You just happy to buy it. Maybe you look at the first module and it's like, man, it's a lot more in here. What else is out here? Let me go take another course. Now you're mm-hmm. taking another course. It's like First of all, you're not even getting anything off the ground. And then if, let's say you even did get them all off the ground, right? It's like you don't see results on stuff. Results aren't immediate. It's so not it's like, going to be. Not at all. I take the course because I think that's the thing people get caught up on, right? The course is supposed to help you get the solution faster. Yes. But it doesn't mean that you're going to get it tomorrow. Right. It doesn't yeah. mean that, like, I read this information. <laughs> tomorrow, I got 30 doors. Come on. No. no. <laughs> it's, it's like the whole multiple streams of income thing is high. But it's like, at the beginning, you got multiple streams of work. Like, it's not even Ooh. multiple streams of income Man, in the Yeah, like, I need a repeat of that, bro. <laughs> it's a lot. You just bought yourself six jobs. <laughs> like, And this is what Andre Hatchett, we had him on episode 64 of our podcast. I'll never forget because he was telling it. And I was like, this was before we was in this mindset of, like, focus on one yeah. thing, right? So he was saying this, and in my back of my head, I was like, nah, I could still do it, though. I could still do it. I could still do it. I'm different. I'm different. I'm different. I can still do it. And then it gets to a point, it's like, 
people that listen to our podcast know, but like I was in the trucking business. I bought a truck last year, a semi truck, and then I got that off the ground, had that for a year. I'm selling it right now because like I'm focusing now on the one business because I know I can get one truck. I can have one rental. I can have one vending machine. Yeah, like one, Marlo's just You saying. know, like you just said, but it's like, or I can have my cleaning business scale that to multiple cities all over the country and, you know, start creating cleaning products, start doing other things, right? Within that industry that can, it's like an orange. I can eat multiple ways from the same orange as opposed to having an orange, an apple, a pear, a peach, all these different things. Fruit salad. Right. <laughs> so I want to have an orange and milk it as many different ways I can. Then once I get the orange up there, now I had a resource to go into other things with teams into place where I don't have to, you know, be breaking my back in every single industry or business that I'm doing. Like multiple streams of income is cool, but like I don't even really like be trying to like be on that wave of like multiple until it's like multiple streams within that business mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that can now go back to fund other things if I want to. Right? Not in the beginning multi- I don't want seven different jobs. Nah. I want seven different streams of income out of one business. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same thing that I've been thinking about. Even breaking down the orange analogy even further. Like that was great. Like you didn't even get the full Use of the orange, you ain't even realize you can make right. orange oil. You ain't realize you can clean with the orange. Come on. You ain't realize you can get hey. penicillin from the orange. Talk hey, about it. You ain't realize you can turn it into a smoothie. Yeah, you can eat it as a snack too. But like, orange it's juice. so exactly, it's so many more different uses that you can get out of it versus, like you said, even with your cleaning business. Yo, now I got cleaning. Now let me level up and make these products. Yeah. Now let me level up and make home care products. So yeah. where you can start doing this. Yeah. Oh shit, I might even make an app off of this to where it makes cleaning easier. Don't start or teaching like, this. like it's so many more things that you can do from one thing if you actually learn how to freak it out and actually understand. It's a fact. Oh, I know. I want to go back into like y'all's story though because you see going back to that ad that y'all had where y'all got two hundred dollars coming into your account. So now that triggers just something that says we need to focus on this. And one thing we haven't even got to yet is monetizing our own podcast. Yeah. So we want to start seeing what is that next level. So what did that look like for y'all as far as focusing up in, on the podcast and then scaling it to the next level? Like, what did that look like for y'all? Hey, everyone. It's Jalen here from the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. If you're a fan of business podcasts, then be sure to check out and subscribe to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast, a show that covers business, career development, and tips to increase your income. And the best part It's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network. Anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. So, really, we focus more so on the ads on the Instagram side first. Ads on the Instagram side was our thing. Podcast-wise, we were really just kind of taking what was given to us at first. Mm -hmm. That was an error that I feel like we made. When it comes to monetizing the podcast, you got to have your stuff together. Like, you need to have your demographics, your... You have like a deck that you need to have together. What's your listenership? What's your demographics? What's this stuff? And then you got to start reaching out to these larger brands. And that's actually the phase we're in now. We're reaching out to different larger brands that we can get on as sponsors because they do have like a magic number in their head they look for. They want you to be getting at least 10,000 downloads downloads per episode within the first 30 days. And once we hit that milestone, we're like, okay, cool. Now we can go and start approaching these types of people. Right. Even with that, like, you don't. Because that's the holy grail of what people think monetizing yeah. your podcast looks it's like. It's other ways. To it's do. definitely other ways that you can monetize your podcast before just going out and getting a sponsor, right? Like you can sell merch, mm-hmm. like the shirt that you got on. Our our shirts, like you can sell merch. You can link up with someone who has a really dope product 
that's in your industry. Someone who's teaching who's about, guest. yeah, like someone who's a guest, like Andre Hatchet. We made tons of money with him off of his mobile notary business because really? we affiliated. Like you could do affiliates, you could do your merch, you can start offering consultations because once again, you got this podcast, you got people who come into you week in, week out. They look to you as the industry standard. They look to you as the expert. So now if you once again found out what your niche is, what am I really great at? What type of value can I give people, right? Okay, now you can start offering consultations for that. That's another way for you to start making money. You can sell a digital product once again to where now you're replicating what you're putting into these consultations because we all know there's only one of us. There's only one Marlon, one Alex, one David, one me. Like I can't be on a thousand calls. I can raise the value of the call. I can say, okay, now my time is worth $200. But once I get this course, all I got to do is say, okay, now y'all just go hit this link. And now I can make 10 sales of $200 in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Now it opens up the door. So that's another way for you to start monetizing your podcast. So you got affiliates, you got merch, you got consultations, you got digital products, right? But you can even step it up a notch too. Like he said, you can start going through the ads or you can start hosting live podcasts once you get to a certain level where you can actually start putting on live events to where people can actually start coming to you. Or if you know you're a person, you got good at podcasting, but you was like, you know what? This takes a lot of work. This takes a lot of work. Guess what? You can still monetize through podcasting. You might be a great editor. Go start editing for people. Make your editing company. Maybe you're a person who's really good at marketing the podcast. Start marketing for people. Maybe you're really organized and you're really analytical. You could be a podcast manager, making sure that the person who's doing all of the work, they don't have to worry about it. Yo, I didn't schedule your guests for you this week. You got this, this, and this, and this. You just show up and start recording. Like, I made sure the team know what's going on. I didn't sent off your podcast to the editor. Like, it's so many ways that you can monetize through it than just going the holy grail route with just going through the sponsorships. Mm -hmm. Like you got to become creative with this. And I always put the analogy towards like, this is like a gold rush right now. Like sometimes you got people who going out there actually picking, working. Then you got to either supply the shovels. You want to supply the blue jeans. Like you want to be the person to prop up the industry as well, because it's an industry. Podcasting is an industry. You have to have ancillary services to make an industry thrive. You got to start looking into that. Man, that's Sorry, crazy. y'all. I just went on the screen. No, 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 that, was a, that was a great soliloquy. And I think just in terms of what you were saying, too, I think that's like thinking bigger because a lot of people don't ever really think that big in terms of like what can they do beyond what is just the simple thing that comes to you, right? And just in business in general, right? Like even with, you know, my business, like I try to think of how can I add value to the industry beyond just clean, having people go to clean people's houses, right? What can you do now, like outside of, like you said, so propping up the industry, like Amazon, right? Amazon, obviously, you know, that's like one of the an anomaly in terms. That's of- my guy. That's my guy, <laughs> Big Bezos. Yes, exactly. And it's like the dude started Amazon back in, I think, 1997. And he was just doing a few things, right? He was selling software. He was selling books. He was selling like, toys, small things on the Internet, right? When the Internet was pretty new. Amazon is in every industry. T- like the Amazon is in a everything. Behemoth. Exactly. Like they make money in every single, like, so, They're a key people, part of American infrastructure at this point. Exactly. I'll be like, honest, especially the web infrastructure. Almost huge. everything on this damn table probably Amazon was purchased from damn Amazon. Right. And even like Amazon Web Services was probably running the internet through here <laughs> in some way, like cloud computing. There's so many different ways to like, like it goes back to like, how many ways can you extract value from that same orange? 
And that's just a concept that I think a lot of people got to understand when you're getting into business in general. I want people to think bigger, too. Like, it's way more to actually get out there than what you believe is just the only way you can provide value through that business. So, yeah, man. Yeah, just take it a step further. Just for looking at y'all shirts right now, y'all got something called BWR Academy. I want to talk about that, too, because that's a whole other thing that y'all have done because y'all focus on the podcast. Now you branch off and create a whole academy with it. So talk a little bit about what that is as well. So BWR Academy, that's our private personal finance community. Got some tied. Uh, private personal finance community, BWR Academy. It really just started as our initiative to like reach out to more people outside of social media. We really wanted to have this community like, yeah, social media is great, right? We can reach out to the masses. We can put a piece of content out. It can go crazy. Millions of people can see it. But there's two things that it lacks. It lacks organization and it lacks that definite reach, right? We don't know who we're going to reach. With this private community, what we have is a place where you can come to learn about all the same information we talk about on Instagram. Come learn about your personal finances. Come learn these principles uh, about saving, investing, budgeting. Learn about your retirement benefits, how to make this stuff work for you. Learn about insurance, credit, uh, the stock market, things of that nature, right? Come into a community with people that you can learn this information with. And that's what BWR Academy really was started as, like a place that we can kind of have as our own our own yeah platform. i want to hit on that because that's one thing we also need to be working on it's like building that uh, listenership building that support system offline off of social media because one thing we learned about social media especially going from 2019 through 2021 is that in 2019 social media is one way it changed so drastically it can change and you have zero control over what happens we've seen several occasions where people's accounts have been locked have been wiped out. out just wiped out because something that it's not even their fault. And so you have zero control on social media. And so it's important to build your own community off of social media. If you want to continue to have that influence, you need to be able to reach your audience offline, basically. Is that what BWR Academy is, essentially? So it's reaching them offline, but it's also fostering that community that we wish we had when we started as well, too. Because, like, it's more than just education. Like, we're holding people accountable. Like, if you told me at the beginning of the week, yo, I'm not going to eat out this week. I'm going to make sure I'm bringing stuff, my lunch from home and everything. I'm in the community. Yo, y'all bringing y'all y'all lunch? Like, this one girl, she told me, yo, I need to work on getting my student loans together and everything. Yesterday, I'm hitting up. Have you been working on that? Like, what have you been doing? Because now, whenever we first started off, I remember, like, some of the things that I got hit with from my family, especially, like, with wholesaling. I was like, why are you trying this? Like... Why are you giving all your time after work, putting in all of this? Like, you driving around Lafayette. Like, you're doing all of this crazy shit. But at the same time, like, whenever you come into our community, you get support. Like, yo, I want to go do this. Okay, what's the most strategic way for you to go do this? How can you be successful about going to do it? And how can you make the least amount of mistakes? I plug you in that I know who can be a resource to you. And then also, I want to see you win. If you tell me you're going to do this, I want to see you win. But at the same time, I'm not going to let you bullshit. If one week you tell me, yo, I'm over here trying to be a VA, three weeks from now, you know, you trying to go ahead and do this mobile notary and stuff, I'm going to tell them the same thing we just talked about. Yo, you are not focusing. What, what are you actually trying to do, fam? At the end of the day, you might need to actually take a step further back. And we talked about this with Eugene. You might need to actually understand who you are. Like, Man. who are you as an individual? If you're just going through, I'm taking this course, I'm doing this, I'm trying this. You might not even understand what you're really good at. Man, <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep on saying stuff, but man, 
So it's way more than just beyond like having to reach outside of social media. This is really the community that you mm-hmm. are bringing together, that you are put, pretty much it's like an accountability group. And what most people lack is that accountability outside of these particular groups. Because like you were saying, somebody may say, I want to do something out of the ordinary. And everybody around in their environment is going to like shut them down and be like, man, stop doing all that. You're doing too much right now. Just work your job and you retire at 65 with government benefits. That's nah, all you nah, need. Nah. So you need to find a community that's going to push you to be the best version of yourself. That's going to hold you accountable. When you say you're going to do something, they'll hold you to it. And that's what a lot of people are missing that. And I think that's a great thing that y'all put together. I'm sure that's something that we'll be talking about as well in the near future as far as what we can do for our community that we've been building. Nah, that's a fact. And like even taking a step further, like then just the education and the accountability. Like we try to transform as well. Tomorrow, we're actually starting our savings challenge. We got a goal, not even a goal. Shout out to Eugene again. We got a commitment of helping a thousand families save a million collectively. So a thousand dollars each, they'll put us out at a million dollars. The very first goal, if you don't have an emergency saving fund, we throwing it into emergency savings fund. We want to make sure that you are prepared for any type of economical hardship, anything that comes your way. Next thing we want to do, make sure that you're starting to see a return on your investment, you know, because we hear a lot of people, you save up, then you pay down debt. But I feel me personally, and I know he feels the same way. I feel like you shouldn't just throw all of your money to debt. You should at least start seeing a little bit of return so you can at least start building that investor's mindset to where you can start saying, okay, I can see my money growing. It might be a five cent dividend or whatever, but that's actually starting to grow. I can see the return on my investment. Now we're going to also tackle that debt in tandem with it because now you're getting money, you're getting growth of your money, and now you're starting to take care of that high interest. Then the last step is once we, you know, we make sure that you got your personal savings, you're starting to invest in everything, starting to take care of that debt. After we get it all running up and smoothly, we're going to start deploying this thousand dollars we save in each quarter to start buying into investments together to where now we can actually make some impact and transform the way we want to see things. No, that's huge, bro. That's huge because it's going beyond anything that's just like you or even anything that's for you. It's for the people now. So a thousand dollars for a thousand families, that's huge, man. A million dollars. That's a big commitment, as y'all put it. So that's dope. Appreciate you, man. And I think it's something that's is going to be easier than people think, right? Whenever it comes to the whole finances thing, I think we don't have enough accountability. Well, part of the savings challenge is that as a group, we're partnering up with Capital. It's a financial services app that allows us to save as a group. That's going to be one of the key parts of it. So you and your friends, you can get in a group together and you can save toward this goal. And what it allows you to do, it, it treats wealth as a team sport. You can actively see how much people are saving. So now it's not just on you to save this money and you just tell us like, no, we can actually see it. Did you do it? Hey, this week is savings challenge. We starting off. It's just $75. It's going to be over a quarter, over 12 weeks. We're going to save the $1,000. $75. Put it in the account. Let us see it. Let everybody see it. And then we have these weekly calls where we're going to actually let us know what our progress is as a unit so we can actively track toward these goals versus just kind of like everybody saying they're going to do it, but no true accountability in there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that whole concept just in itself because most people think that when you're about to, especially anything in relation to doing something that you haven't done already in the past, like I can spend money willingly but when it comes to saving money it's either i want to save everything or to save nothing like you were saying earlier i want to pay down debt all my money mm-hmm. or i don't want to do anything it's like an all or nothing type of mentality you just went over a 12-week program putting 75 dollars per week into it until you get to a thousand that is just starting with just a little bit at a time you see the power of compounding the more repetitively you practice this new habit the better it's going to get for you in the long run because now 
you take that small mentality of learning how to save money at $75, you can transform that into saving half your paycheck at some point. Mm -hmm. But it starts with just doing something. Just taking the initial action and just saying, I'm going to just go on this journey to achieve this ultimate goal. That's so important. A lot of people miss that because they're just looking for I think we mentioned it earlier. As soon as I either want to, if I'm going to start, I want to get everything or I just want to have nothing. Yeah. yeah it's about them incremental steps. That's the way we think about it. Like when it comes to personal finance, especially in our community, we know, like we said at the beginning of this, we weren't taught a lot of this information, right? You get out of school, you don't know none of this shit. And we pick up a lot of bad habits from people yeah. around us. So what is a way that we can make it easy for our people to come in and just start like reworking those habits? Well, we give you the education in the group. So you have people that you can talk to, learn just about anything you need to in regards to personal finance. And then we actually have the piece where we're giving you little actions to take, little action steps. Something else we were talking about with Eugene, that's like the way you rewire your subconscious mind. You got to first look at what you're doing. You got to do a self-evaluation and then you got to start monitoring your actions. And this is how we're going to help you get your actions together. Just savings challenge. And the accountability calls weekly. We have Sunday on the budgeting call, and then Wednesday morning we get up at 6 a.m. and check in, make sure everybody's on track, doing what they're supposed to be doing, and just giving updates. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing, man. I love it. Y'all keep doing what y'all doing, bro. Y'all are doing big things and definitely appreciate you. It's it's making an impact for sure. Y'all doing some great things too, man. So I'm definitely, like we said at the beginning of this episode, I was definitely excited about this. And I definitely think we could keep on going for another two, three hours, honestly. But I definitely been enjoying this conversation, but I kind of want to just pivot like what's next? Like, what do y'all see for yourself in the future? Where y'all going to take money monopolizers? <laughs> Man. So as far as the platform, brother, the platform, we really are just trying to continue to expand and reach more people in terms of growing the podcast. Because the thing about the podcast is it's like we were talking about. I'm not going to get into it, but it's so early that like. Anyone that starts a podcast right now is like, you don't realize how much of a head start you really have on Big head start. five, 10 years from now. So just continue to stay consistent. Mm-hmm. Putting out episodes is going to prove a lot of dividends because five, 10 years from now, I look back, it's like, dang, they've been putting out episodes that long. They, you know, they are consistent. They had 1,000. They yeah. episode 1,000. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like a lot of people just not getting into it. It's like, you're OG in the game now. So that's really the goal is just continue staying consistent, putting out that information, bringing on great people, showing people how to achieve financial freedom. Our niche is financial freedom. Like, that's it. We don't focus on nothing else. It's financial freedom. Showing you how to replace your job income by starting a business, getting into real estate, and then taking that money and putting it into long-term assets like real estate or stocks, whatever the case may be. Anything that can, you know, generational wealth legacy, right? Those kind of things. That's the whole entire goal of our platform is to show people that. And as far as like the, you know, me personally for the businesses, it's to continue to grow to, you know, clean the business. That's what I'm 100% focused on. So, you know, expanding into other cities. I'm in Austin now, getting into Houston, and then, you know, we're going to get into some other cities all across the country. And then, you know, also getting into like cleaning products, those kind of things. But it's a huge vision for that. So that's really what I'm focused on doing day in, day in right now. And, you know, this year, plan to leave my job, you know, hopefully uh, here in a few months. So that's um, definitely what uh, I'm excited about because that's been a long time coming. <laughs> Yep, and I think the thing with the podcast is that it's really been a thing of leading by example. And mm. we really are leading from where we are as well. So you don't have to be Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos to lead. Look at it in terms of levels. I may be at level three. But I can teach somebody at level zero, level one, or two. And as we continue to increase, we can have more outreach as well. So 
as we gain new information throughout the podcast, we start off, like I said, if you listen to us when we were teaching in the very beginning, all we were talking about was real estate. I was listening. Yeah. <laughs> so all we were talking about was real estate. <laughs> and we weren't then. that good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> nah, y'all, I was actually listening. Y'all very first episodes are not bad, bro. Like, <laughs> it's not, Man, audio I, isn't bad. Like, yeah. y'all started off good. That. To everybody that goes back and listens to episode one, can y'all please go listen to like the episode 90s and stuff? <laughs> like, just start there. Like, omit the first few episodes. Like, that's what I would prefer. But nah, I'm glad you say that though, because people are listening at the like the mm-hmm. level zero, one, or two. And we may have still been at, at level three back then. So somebody can still learn that information from there. But as we continue to go throughout our journey, we're learning new information from the people that we bring on the podcast, from the people that we are able to get in connections with, and we're able to apply that to our life. So now, we're teaching at a, a higher level, maybe at level seven now, but it may be infinite levels. So we can continue to increase mm-hmm. and we can continue to lead by example of yeah. what we are trying to spread within our message. So yeah. now we're bringing people on a podcast who are able to show what they've done in their industry. And they're also being like examples. So the ultimate thing that we want to do is show people an alternative. We want to show them that they don't have to go to work to nine to five from age 21 through 65. They can be their own boss. They can lead their own financial freedom and their own financial destiny. Like they are in control of their lifestyle and all they need is the right information. And that's what we're providing for them. And we can continue to scale that because there's so many people that just need that permission to be their own boss or need that permission to bet on themselves. And that's really just our ultimate goal is to continue to inspire people by first leading by example and showing them that despite your circumstance, whether it's your age, whether it's your financial situation, you can still do the same as we are. Uh, yeah, man. I love to hear (laughs) And we'll toss it back to y'all to wrap it up. Like as far as the goal for y'all's platform, what does it look like? For y'all, as far as where y'all trying to take it. What's next? Taking the podcast from top 100 to top 50 to top 25 to number one. Consistently, that's the goal with that one. And as far as like on the social media fronts, just continuing to grow it. Right now we have half a million. Yeah, A million not looking like this year, but a million within the next year. I think if we really wanted to turn up this year, we could hit a million. But I know that's not like really our focus focus right now. Our focus is growth in this current stage. Really focus on impact right now. And that's like with the academy. Like, our goal is to get a thousand people in by the end of this year. Ideally, in my head, I want 5,000 people by the end mm-hmm. of this year. But that's our thing right now. Like, just expanding our impact instead of just like the growth. Like, how many people can we actually impact? Who lives can we actually change? Like, how can I really help you? Like, you're saying, get you from level zero at least to up here. Like, how can I help you plug you in or at least steer you to resources that are going to be valuable, resources that will not take advantage of you, resources that, you know, they're going to show you the good and the bad that come with what you're about to get into. So I definitely think that that's our focus right now, just impact over growth right now. For sure, with the podcast, we're trying to keep on growing that, yeah. though. But as far as just like on the boot, on the ground, uh, really impact. I know in me personally. I definitely want to start doing more things with like the youth and really just giving back to the younger generation as well. Yeah, for sure. Sir. We love it. We love yeah. it. We love it. Uh, the only other thing I have to add to that, expanding the rental car fleet, man. That's it. That's the only <laughs> other thing, man. Yeah. Rental car fleet locked in on that. Yeah. 10 by the end of the year. That's the that's the goal. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100% right there with you, bro. Yeah. Actually, you said 10 by the end of the year. That was our goal from the very beginning of the year. I set my goal to hit 10 rental cars by the end of this year. We should be hitting that by the end of this month. And so it's been it's been a journey in itself. <laughs> and I'm super excited for where that's going to take us because I know that is our segue to the financial freedom piece. So like Alex said, with retiring within the next couple of months, my goal is to also be able to retire probably by September, October time of this year. So I'm looking What's forward up? to it. 
Yeah, I love it. I love yes, it. Sir. Well, Alex, Marlon, I want to say thank y'all again yeah, for, for coming, coming on through. this crossover episode. It's been definitely an interesting one. For our audience, can you let them know where they can follow both of y'all? Yeah, definitely. So you can definitely check us out, Money Monopolizers, on Instagram and, you know, follow the podcast. We always, you know, posting clips and stuff from the podcast on there. I'm on Instagram as well. Check me out at I-K-A-M-U-N-Y-O. Yeah, also check me out on Instagram at Deuce Walls. That's D-E-U-C-E-U-A-L-L-S. But yeah, Money Monopolizers, that's definitely what we've been continuously trying to push because that's the ultimate platform that we are using to teach everything that we know and everything that we're learning along the way. So that's the educational platform that we're trying to continue to promote. It's a bet. For us, you can follow us at Black Wealth Renaissance on Instagram, on Twitter. We are BWR underscore movement. If you'd like to follow me personally, my Instagram is underscore J, just the letter J. Clark C L A R K zero six J Clark O six on Twitter I am Hefe Clap Clap is spelled with a K. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so you may have to change that. I'm and, uh, not if you changing my me. Twitter name. If y'all <laughs> yeah. don't y'all don't need to follow me. If y'all don't, yeah, do that's, don't even follow me on Twitter. That's the ignorant side. <laughs> do, yeah. uh, and if you want to follow me, my Instagram is at David underscore Bellard, and my Twitter is. Just look up David Bellard. There, there you go. That's beautiful. You find. That's why I ain't trying to mind because I know what mine is. Trying to remember. <laughs> For sure. For sure, man. This has been dope, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate y'all, my brothers. And until next time. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.